With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome to Good Calls with Dean Blandino, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, what's up? Welcome to Good Calls. I'm Dean Blandino. As always, I got my producer, Travis Hansen. Travis, what's up? What's going on? Not making it weird, man. Okay, you made it weird. <laughs> Joe Madrid Joe, take on it audio. Up. That was definitely weird. Okay, so Travis, I want Travis. I want the Travis that I had in the studio. I want the Travis before we started recording. I want irreverent Travis. Okay, I don't want SWG standard white guy <laughs> Travis. I want the Travis but that's what the fans want. Edge. The fans want me to just no, be SWG. I want, you're assuming we have fans. I want the the edgy Travis. I want the guy that explained to us what a lawnmower pulling a lawnmower on someone. Uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna use that, you got to use it in the what, proper context. Yeah, it's starting it? up the lawnmower. Starting up the lawnmower. So Travis, can you? I know it's hard because this isn't a visual <laughs> medium, but can you explain what starting up the lawnmower is on some point? Hold on, say, let me move everything out of the way because his arms are about to get wild. Well, for example, if you were to get into like some kind of fight, you it's 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 a move where if you get a you know a guy on the ground and you're holding them down with one arm and then you're you know Pump. acting like you're pumping them, you're pummeling with fists over and over, <laughs> and that's therefore starting up the lawnmower on the guy. Fire it up. So that's a Wyoming thing? Wyoming, Canada. I got friends, you know, all Canada. over that. that like so don't, that. the next time you you see somebody <laughs> that's giving you our time, be like, yo, don't. Don't make me start up the I'll lawnmower on you. I'll start up a lawnmower on you. I hope to God that Rogan says that on the next UFC. Is that he like start a, a lawnmower <laughs> up on he him. He start up that the can, lawnmower. He's, yeah, forget, it's no longer ground and pound. It's the lawnmower. He's, this is the, yeah. Is it like a John Deere or what, what kind is it? It I could be know. anything. It could be anything, yeah. Well, I feel like John Deere's a good, that's John, a good brand. They start on the first one, so it's not really, you, it's got to be yeah, it's multiple. it's an old beat up lawnmower. Red, it's red for sure. Yeah. You're, like the, the ones my dad would like repair. All right. No, we're not getting rid of let's this one. Get, let's get into the good. show. Let's get into the show. Let's get into uh, New England Buffalo Saturday games. So we had games on Saturday, NFL Network in conjunction with Fox as part of the Thursday night package. And, uh, and so Fox produces the games, NFL Network talent, uh, except for the last game where our crew, our uh, Pete Machesca crew with Kevin Burkhardt and, and Charles Davis was on the game. But New England-Buffalo, there were actually three great games on Saturday. Great games. Really, really good games and meaningful games. New England-Houston, um, 
What was Houston, that again? Houston. Houston clinched the <laughs> AFC South. The Patriots clinched the AFC East for the 73rd year in a row. 11 years in a row. And the last game, the Niners won, and they're in the running pretty big. Uh, big win for them, beating the Rams down to the wire for the uh, the number one seed, you know, the NFC West and the number one seed in the NFC playoffs. But it was the Patriots-Bills game that I want to talk about. And there were a couple of plays just officiating. And I we haven't had many Patriots, fan, uh, Patriots games on Fox, so I don't get a lot of Patriot hate on Twitter. But since we had the Patriot game and I had to go on the air a couple of times, I got some Patriot hate and Patriots fans... I'm sorry, but I don't for, like them. for a for a fan base that has had the type of success that this team has had, they are they are very like did not no it was not not nice. Like why is it the woe is me all the time with Patriots? Not, fans? You've you've won so much. There are kids in Boston that are that are growing up with Red Sox winning multiple World Series, Patriots winning multiple Super Bowls. The even the 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 Celtics won in what. 2010? What was that? So Bruins won in... It's too much to keep track. The they've Bruins won have won. They've won a ton of championships. But anyway, so got a lot of a lot of Patriots fans about the, the officiating. There was one play in, in particular was Julian Edelman, and we were talking about in the studio. He was flagged for offensive pass interference on what negated a touchdown. And it was... It's an interesting play because Edelman... Edelman is the number two receiver on on the left side of the formation. They bring a man in motion. They bring a receiver in motion, and that receiver, a defender, goes with him. And typically when teams put a receiver in motion, they're trying to see if if the defense is in man coverage or zone coverage. So if a defender goes with that receiver, then then that's one indication that they're in man, or at least that receiver is going to be one-on-one. And the defender came over. Edelman just you know, runs kind of a, a little slant pattern, but takes a, a direct route. route right at the DB, um, lowers his head in a blocking posture. Now there was a collision. He stayed on the ground. They threw the flag. It was beyond a yard. It it, it freed up that receiver. I can't think of the receiver who caught the pass, but he basically came out on a little a little swing pass and, and ran for a touchdown, and they flagged for offensive pass interference, and, and I thought it was the correct call. And what the officials look for in that instance is they look for the body posture of the receiver. Is the receiver attempting to run a route? Is he trying to get open? Because, again, this is not to, not to oversimplify things, but receivers are not going to necessarily seek out defenders for contact when they're running routes, they want to get away from the defender, right? Mm-hmm. So when they're seeking out that contact, a lot of times that's a rub route, that's a pick route. Um, they're trying to gain an advantage if they're going to push off a little bit, so they play into the defender. So their official is going to look for: the, is the receiver running a route? Is he trying to evade that defender, or is he or is he seeking out that defender in a blocking posture? And Edelman did make contact in a blocking posture. Now the question was. Is he running the route? Can he protect himself from the defender if the defender's initiating contact? And yes, he can protect himself from impending contact by the defender. But in my opinion, and the official, the calling official, that it was Edelman that seeked out the the contact. He initiated it, and uh, and I thought it was the correct call. It was interesting how he. 
And we were kind talking of like about a little this. bit of a flop. He he went to the ground. There was a, there was a collision, no question. Right. He went to the ground and stayed on the ground almost as if he was injured. And then he popped up like nothing happened. And it almost like a a a cynic would say this is like next level stuff because coaches they they teach these plays. They teach these routes. They teach pick routes. They call them rub routes. But it was almost as if, you know, run, try to create that contact, go down like you're hurt. And that may influence the official that you, it was a collision more than you just initiating the contact. Now, again, not saying that's what happened, but certainly you could, it's not that far out of the realm of possibility to to take it to the next level. But it kind of backfires because Edelman went down. He stayed on the ground a little bit, came back up and, and. He actually had to go in, and they looked at him for yeah, potential, him the locker room. potential head injury, and that could have come from the ATC spotter, which is the the independent spotter upstairs, that if they see a player who exhibits any indication of a potential head injury, if they stay on the ground for an extended period, if they look off-balanced or disoriented, then they're going to call down and have that that player looked at, and he did have to go into the tent and get looked at. He did come back in the game. He was not a... He was not diagnosed with any kind of a head injury, and they do do that. That There's a protocol that takes place in that tent. If he doesn't pass that protocol, they take him to the locker room for a more, a more comprehensive pro- protocol. So, What do you think that conversation was like? He's like, I was faking it, guys. I was faking it. <laughs> like, come it. on. We're Tommy. Tommy, come on. <laughs> hey, Tommy. We were we were having a little fun <laughs> with the Patriots fans. when Because uh, Brady, Brady threw a there block. Was a great block. Brady went out <laughs> on like a reverse and threw a great block downfield. And they showed it in the stadium, and we were just like imagining what the Patriots fans like. Oh my! Did you see Tommy? Tommy's the greatest, the greatest blocker of all ever. time. The great. Give me another Sam Adams. <laughs> Park the car. It was so. It was funny though. But Patriots and the, fans. And then he went on Instagram and posted how amazing he is that he laid one block. Did he? Did he did post he? something? I'll oh, run man. through a. What Mother effers face offense, defense, special teams think, don't matter. But he's he's that's tongue in cheek because I think Tom Tom does have a sense of humor and I think he's got kind of a funny. His 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 Instagram page is actually pretty funny, and uh, and yeah. But I could see him, I could see him, uh, he could see him doing that. But again, got a lot of hate from Patriots fans. So join the join the club, um, Dallas Lions. I mean Eagles. Now it's Patriots. Didn't someone call you out and tell you you There's, should be fired from the NFL yeah, today so somebody on, Twi- did, on Sunday on, on Twitter? Um, I think it was Saturday. They did. Uh, somebody tweeted out that the NFL needs to get their house in order and fire <laughs> at Dean Blandino and hire some competent people. So this just in, guys. Uh, this, Dean hasn't been there for three I, seasons. I my last season was 2016, <laughs> um, and and I don't think the league would allow me to be head of officiating and also comment on calls on Fox. Uh, do some fact checking before you send a tweet. Like I would just, that should be a rule about tweeting. I don't, people are funny. Like the DMS are insane. Like it's, it's literally, it's insane. And, and it's so hard because I don't want to give the trolls the time of day, but some people are so good at trolling (laughs) that I want to, I just like, "Mm," like, (laughs) Oh my Anyway, so there was another play at the end of the half that had a lot of people talking about a rule, and it was the Bills had the ball. They throw a deep pass 
near the goal line, ruled a touchdown. There's eight seconds on the clock. The clock stops at the end of the, almost near the end of the second quarter. The clock stops eight seconds on the clock, ruled a touchdown. Replay stops the game, and the receiver was, he was down short of the goal line. So they reverse it to short of the goal line. They reset the clock to where it was when he was down, which was at 10 seconds. And then by rule, there's a 10-second runoff, and either team can take a timeout to save the 10 seconds. And a lot of people were up in arms about this rule, and they were tweeting at me like, why is the team penalized because the officials made a mistake? Now, I want you, Travis, Joe, I want you as a as a fan who hasn't spent 20 years in officiating because I, sometimes I feel like things that people should understand I don't think I'm a good judge of it because that's I've, that's my life, right? That's my career, and and you know I don't understand. I wouldn't go into somebody else's profession and pretend to understand something, um, you know, in depth that what they do. So as a as somebody that didn't have that experience, can you explain why that rule is in place? You don't want to give extra timeouts, like that. That's that's kind of how I understand it, right? Um, you don't want to give that. You don't want to give a team an extra timeout, and in in order to get different players on the field for the defense or offense, and and I think. All right, I guess kinda, I like, guess I have to use my twenty years experience to I, answer properly. Yeah. Because Travis, you you I kind of fumbled through you that. Fumbled through that. And, what do you got, and it was Joe? Awful. I, and yeah. It was awful. Yeah. See, Mine that's would be that's worse, why so. you're that's why you're the guy here. See, <laughs> Joe, do I you have any I reason got why? Yeah, nothing. I tried. At least I tried this week. Can you text your Tesla and maybe the Tesla will tell you? I mean, the Tesla would know for sure. The Tesla would know, right? But it has more experience than you. Yeah, exactly. It does. Tez Bryant, right? That's the name of your Tesla? No, it's Tez Cotton. Tez Cotton. Get it right. Right. I got it. I got it. Um, So, okay. So the bottom line is, and let's walk through it. I'll walk through it with you guys. If the ruling on the field, the ruling on the field was a touchdown. So what does that ruling do to the game clock? Stops Stops the clock. Stops it. If the ruling on the field was down short of the goal line, what would the game clock do? It would still be running. Going. It would still be going, yeah. right? So if they rule touchdown and then they reverse to short, would the offense have been able to get a snap off with whatever time was remaining on the clock when the play was ruled over? No. Probably not. No. Yeah. Right? So it's what Travis said. They essentially get a free timeout well, to regroup. Well, not even a and- free timeout, but they also could potentially get another snap that they weren't entitled mm. to. Think about this. This was a this was a deep pass that was ruled a catch for a touchdown. There's eight seconds on the game clock. If they rule down in the field of play, Buffalo now has eight seconds to run up, get set, and either spike it or run a play. And chances are when it was like a 40, 50-yard pass, they're not going to have enough time to do that. So the rule is in place to prevent a team from getting a snap that they would not have been entitled to. So in that instance, right, you run 10 seconds. And if they have a timeout, they can take it. Because think about if the call in the field is correct initially, down in the field mm-hmm. of play, what is Buffalo going to do? They're going to run up there and try to spike it. Or if they or have a timeout, a timeout, they're going to take a timeout. Yeah. So you you say, we're going to run 10 seconds, which is the standard. And a lot of people were asking... Well, you know, if it's a four-yard pass, it could be five seconds. If it's a 20-yard pass, it could be eight seconds. Why? Because you just – you can't say for sure how many seconds it's going to take. You have to have a standard. Were you in Were you in on the meetings when this rule became – Yes. So this rule came – this rule went in the book in 2010. It, it 
There was there was one play that stood out in 2009. It was a play at the end of the half. It was the Saints and Dolphins. And where where I believe it was the Saints who were on offense that got another snap when they really shouldn't have. The clock should have run out. And so the committee looked at it, and they put this 10-second runoff rule in. And now the 10-second runoff rule, though, has been in place for many years as it results a false start inside of two minutes. And that's, again, the theory behind that is clock is running. Offense is behind. They're trying to save time. If you allow them to false start and stop the clock without a without a clock penalty, they gain an advantage. Hey, but they lose yardage, right? Right, but they'll take they'll give up the yardage for the time for the time. Yeah, they'll say, "Hey, we're gonna foul, we're gonna false start, we'll take the five yards." But there's four seconds on the game clock. We want the game clock to stop. That's why then you, you can have, make substitutions. Yeah, again, Travis, stop with the substitutions. It's really that's not the intent uh, of the rule. Just let it go. Let like, it please go. let it go. I understand. <laughs> I don't want to get too frisky with you because I don't want you to pull a lawnmower on me, start a lawnmower on me, but. It's not about substitutions. It's about plays and and conserving time. And that's why the 10-second runoff was in place. And the committee, when they put this in, they said the minimum amount of time it would take for the offense to get lined up set would be 10 seconds. Now, we know it could be less in some situations, but you have to have a standard. The standard is 10 seconds. That's why the rule rule is in place. And you're not penalizing... Look, you're not penalizing the offense because the officials made a mistake. If you didn't have this rule, you'd be penalizing the defense because right. you'd be saying we're giving the offense another snap that they wouldn't wouldn't be entitled to or they would have been entitled to with less time on the clock. And that that's where the advantage-disadvantage really takes place. I feel like I remember one, the, the first season you came into Fox at the, at three years ago, and it was a Detroit oh, play. And you, and you and Pereira like looked at each other and got so excited that it was like – he was jealous that you got to go on the air oh, to talk about this. He was so upset. He's like, eight years. I've waited eight years for this. And you, you get it your first that, year. Dean? So I you remember have the craziest memory. I, I remember <laughs> a lot of plays and, but that, that was, it was Atlanta and it was Detroit. The lines were out of timeouts. Golden Tate ruled a touchdown. Replay comes in, stops it. Walt Coleman was the referee. Replay stops it. Rules short, Chris Myers was on the game, and we're going to talk about Chris Myers in a second. So it was Chris Myers and Daryl Johnston. And so they go to me, and I see Tate is short, and I explain, I go, this is this is the rule. Now, Tate is short. We're inside of two minutes. It's a running clock. They're going to run 10 seconds. The Lions are out of timeouts, and the game is going to end. And Chris Myers was like, are you sure about that? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, didn't you sure yeah. about that? <laughs> that, was, that was Travis's Chris Myers. And I was like, yeah, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> and then Walt Coleman comes out, makes the announcement, and it was, and Lions fans, and Lions fans haven't haven't liked me since the, the 2000, the, the Calvin 15 Johnson. playoff game. No, not even no, that. Calvin no. Johnson wasn't me. Oh, okay. okay. I was I was in a bar in Hermosa Beach during Calvin Johnson. I, <laughs> this was this was the flag pickup in the cap. It was uh, seven days right. in my career that defined. It was the Lions Cowboys flag pickup for the DPI. Right. Seven days later, the Des play happens. Uh-huh. Okay. That's it. Those are the two most controversial calls that that I've been a part of. 
Lions fans haven't liked me since that one. This one certainly did not endear me to Lions fans because I I basically told them that, look, your team's going to lose. Don't worry about what the referee's going to say. <laughs> this is going to happen. And they lost. And, uh, and it's Again, a, don't blame Dean, guys. Don't blame Dean. But... <laughs> Chris Myers did say on the game on Sunday, we're doing the the Cardinals um, Seahawks game, and Chris Myers did. I went on the air and did a hit, and Chris Myers says, "Okay, go you know go back to watching your Hallmark movies." So which I appreciated because I am a big Hallmark fan. Um, we all know that, and uh, yeah. So anyway, let's uh, let's move on. Carolina, Indianapolis. You were Travis. You were a little bit like you were shaken up. Like you were a little bit worried. Vernon Butler um, on Carolina, he had a lawnmower moment. Really. He had a lawnmower moment. There were he there was lawnmower it. potential, that's for sure. He lost it. He so did. He there's the play happens. He grabs the offensive lineman's face mask, rips him to the ground, and then eighty. Who's eighty four on the Colts? That I'll poor look guy. Up. Look it up. That poor guy is not even. He's like <laughs> just along for the ride. He ends up getting knocked over. He's laying on the ground. Butler was locked up with the offensive lineman and Butler just punches him right in the face. Like just laying on the ground, punches him in the face. Jack Doyle, Jack Doyle, like Jack Doyle's like, you know, Jack Doyle was the, Jack Doyle was the one that poor Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle was the one that, that, uh, perfect hit to get suspended for the year. Yeah. Poor guy. Yeah. Jack Doyle. He must, he must have a mouth on him out there. No, Jack Doyle didn't do anything. He was just, Maybe the he perfect play. He caught it. He got up. Know. He got hit in the head. This one, he just fell on the ground. You making Jack Doyle a troublemaker? I don't know. I'm just saying. It's multiple incidences now involving so, Jack yeah. Doyle. Jack Doyle might, well, might have a mouth on him. Jack, yeah. Jack Doyle's a little troublemaker. <laughs> he's a line stepper. He's and not, your, not the he's paper not your therapy SWG. Bill. So anyway, he gets punched in the face. They throw the flag, and the officials on the field. I don't believe they were going to eject. New York got involved. They stopped the game, and New York can get involved. Flag is thrown. And if it raises to the level of, of an ejection, they can eject from New York. And then it was. Look, punch um, clearly out of bounds. That was not something that you want to see in the game. And they did a good job um, ejecting Butler. But you were mentioning, I mean, he was, Travis was like, he's scaring me. Like, he was. <laughs> oh, my I God. Never said that. You did. Like, he was like, look at him. He's like, he's got this wild look in his eyes. He's so aggressive. You got that crazy yes. look in your eyes. Why? Why he's like? Why is he so aggressive? It's like it's a, it's an aggressive game, Travis. Although, I never understood why someone punches someone who has a helmet, helmet on. on. That's, yeah, but it was then. I, I always think back to my brother when he says, "Oh, you know, I thought they threw the flag." You know, when they throw the flag for that penalty for hitting someone too hard. <laughs> <laughs> Little whistle. There it is. You're gonna make somebody happy with the whistle. Um, and then uh, last play before we take a break, Washington Giants. What a what a game for for. We had two games that it dealt teams that are going to be in the top four or five in the draft. It was Giants, Washington, Bengals, Bengals and Dolphins, 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 both 35-35 at the overtime. end of regulation yeah. that go to overtime. And, and, and here, honestly, though, and this is serious. Like, we were kind of joking about it today, but this is serious. What, what this illustrates is... When they talk about tanking, there's no tanking there's in the no NFL. There's no way. There's I don't no there's that. no tanking in the NFL. When you watch those games and those teams, and that's this is serious. You're not gonna go and try to get the number one pick all year or get, you know, be in, in position to draft a player at two, three, four, and then week sixteen, 
these teams were, and I don't care about, you know, we talk about the NBA and the NBA, look, it's been more, you know, you've had, you've had Mark Cuban say that, yeah, you know, there's tanking in the NBA and, but in the NFL, there is no tanking. You watched four teams go into overtime and seriously, like you make a case, the giants played their way. That win takes them out of the number two pick. And when you have, when you have Joe Burrow as the consensus, number one and chase young, as the consensus number two, and you're playing like that. Like, so don't tell me that there's tanking in the NFL. When you have the Dolphins, that people were accusing them of tanking and doing all these things, ask Brian Flores and those players on that roster. They played their hearts out today, won that game, and uh, and again, and those wins impact draft position. There's no guaranteed money, no guarantee for the players, so they have to play hard. There's no guarantee they're going to be on the roster. There's no guarantee even a coach that's in his first year is going to be back next year. So there's no tanking. It's just exactly. it's too much on the line. Exactly. And and then, but the play from that game from the the Giants Washington game was it, which was interesting. It was late in the game, and it was the game tying touchdown. You know, before the extra point, and it was Case Keenum who scrambled, dove for the goal line, and got hit. Ball came out, recovered in the end zone by Wes Martin, one of the offensive linemen, ruled a touchdown, went to review. We really didn't have a great look down the line. I thought if you had to ask, if if I had to guess, he was short. I think he was short, but you never had to look down the line. But it's interesting because outside of two minutes or first, second, third down, outside two minutes, it's a touchdown either way. Whether whether he broke the plane of the goal line or not, because the two minute fumble rule doesn't apply. Inside two minutes on fourth down, only the fumbling player can recover it in advance of the fumbling spot. So you can't advance it. And so had it been reversed, it would have Washington would have kept the ball. That's why that recovery is so important in the end zone. But it would have come back to the spot of the fumble, which if they determined it short, wherever that spot, where whatever that spot was, and that goes back. And we had a fun moment on the air with. Tom Brenneman, where I mentioned the Holy Roller, and he was being a little bit sarcastic. And I said, you know, this goes back to the Holy Roller play. And he said, yeah, walk us through the Holy Roller. You were there in that seat. And I said, no, I wasn't. <laughs> I think I, I don't know. I think it was like five when the Holy Roller happened. But it was, uh, you know, that goes back San Diego Chargers, Oakland Raiders. And, uh, you know, a play, Kenny Stabler, I believe, fumbled the ball. It got knocked and muffed and into the end zone. The Raiders recovered it for a touchdown and won the game. And I just remember the the San Diego chicken. If you watch the highlights, the San Diego chicken, like passing out. 1978, 1978, September 10th. September 10th. That was was three days before my seventh birthday. Dean was not there, Tom. I was 23 days old. 23 days old. I remember that day. Crazy. That was a wild day. Crazy day. It was a wild day. You you woke up. You took a shit. Did you poop yourself (laughs) that that day? I remember. You cried. Got a little, got a little baba. <laughs> All right. On that note, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about a text exchange, a text exchange I had with Sean Payton. What do officials do during the week, and and what communication happens between clubs and officials? Next on Good Call. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! 
And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com or download the app today. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. All right, we're back on Good Calls. And I just want to, I actually wanted to do a little breakdown. We're, we're going, we're wrapping up week 16. And I just want to talk some statistics as we head into the end of the regular season. And obviously, you know, the competition committee looks at all of these statistics and, and a lot of those stats and trends and things that they look at, that those drive the conversation for rules changes and Obviously, there could be things that happen in the postseason, a la last year, the NFC Championship game. And, and and that leads me to the subject of pass interference review. And I don't want to get, you know, we've talked about this all year, but just a review going into week 16, we had, there were, there were 94 total reviews and 21 reversals. Okay. So 224 games. 21 reversals. That's one reversal every 10 games. And with the amount of, of controversy and angst and conversation surrounding this rule, do we think that one reversal in every 10 games is worth it? Do I don't you? think so. I hate the rule. And what I think, and I would agree, and I think this is, this is, it has played out where the unintended consequences, we've seen them play out before our very eyes, and it's a very subjective call. But what what does give me pause is the league has been, there have been very few times where league passes, the league has passed a rule for one year, and that rule has not been extended 
or or passed permanently. Very rarely does a rule get completely taken off the books, even after one year. And so that does give me pause, and I do think we'll have to see how the playoffs and the postseason plays out. But I think we have seen the growing pains with this rule. Uh, you know, week so far through week 16, there wasn't much controversial. There were a couple of calls, I thought, not 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 thrown, no flag thrown on the field, challenged, no no replay. Uh, replay did not create the foul properly. But again, when you talk about just the conversation, this has been such a hot topic. And when you're talking about one reversal in every 10 games, just don't know if it's worth it at this point. But that said, if there's a big play in the in the postseason and, and we have an overturn and it's the right call, then I think the league will look at it and say that that uh, you know it, it worked. I, I certainly think you can't say it's a success at this point, but remains to be seen. I, I look at I look at statistics and just just a quick overview of where we are statistically, and these are all through week fifteen. Penalties per game, 16.7 per game, which is up from last year, but not significantly. And we saw that number well over 18 earlier in the year. It started to come down, and that typically happens later in the year. And uh, and so 16.7, that's not a bad number. You want to be in that 15-16 range. That seems to be a healthy number and historically where it's been. So from that standpoint, I think I think we're in a good place. You look at game time. Game time's actually up. Three hours, six minutes, and 50 seconds. What's interesting about that is it's the first season since, since 2015 where game time has actually gone up. And this is a big deal for the league. The league is looking at ways to, they want to reduce downtime. They want to, and they hope with the reduction of the downtime, that overall game length lessens. It becomes, it becomes shorter. Um, and obviously it went the wrong way this year. Now there's a variety of factors. It's tough. You know, you talk about number of incomplete passes, penalties, replay reviews, all of these things lead to game time. Um, impact the game time, but 30650, it's not an it's not an awful number, but it is up um almost a minute from where it was last year. And you look at number of plays and plays drive everything. Plays drive everything. And I can't say this enough. That's what the NFL is providing its fans. Plays. Football. We're at 154.3 through 15 weeks. That's a low number. Okay. That's a low number when you look at number of plays. On par with where it was last year, but when you look at when you look at 2017, 155, 2016, 156, 2015, almost 100, almost 158. So we've lost plays in the game. So plays have gone down. Game time has gone up. That's not the recipe. That's not. That's going to end up. You're not going to get a good meal with that recipe. You want you want plays to be up. You want game time to be you know down. You don't want to have the game's too long. You also want scoring to be up. Scoring is in a good place. We're at 45.5 um, points per game, which is a good number. It was not as high as last year. Last year, I think, was the second highest scoring season of all time. But 45.5 is a good number. But average margin of victory is actually up, 11.68 margin of victory. And uh, when you look at last year at this time, 10.88, um, you go back to 2016, under 10, 9.93. When you can get, I mean, ideally, 
when you have a margin of victory, what do you want? What do you want as an NFL fan? You want fan? close games. You want close games. You want one score games. Yeah, one possession. One to win possession, it or lose one it. score game. Yep. So if you can get the close as close as you can get to eight as possible. Mm-hmm. No, they're always going to be blowouts. There are going to be blowouts. It happens. But if you can get that number the closer to eight, that means that we've got close games. And the NFL looks at that. They track. Games decided by three points or less. Games decided by seven points or less. Games decided by eight points or less. They look at that. Those are one possession games. That's what we saw. We saw three games on Saturday that were down to the wire. Those were fun games to watch. 47 to 10 is not a fun game to watch. I don't get it. How is game time up but plays are down? That doesn't really compute to me as just an average fan. It, it doesn't compute. And so when you think about game time and look at and, – and so what the league – how the league tracks game time, they track things like incomplete passes. They look at turnovers, right? Because what are things that stop the clock? Incomplete, incomplete passes, pass. turnovers. Scores. Penalties. Scores, penalties. Replay reviews. They look at out-of-bounds plays. Okay, when a runner goes out of bounds, clock stops. Timeouts, TV timeouts, all of these things. Now, TV timeouts don't change. There's there's a number there's there's a a number of TV timeouts per game that that are set, but there's 16 breaks during the game. But the other things are all variables, right? Mm-hmm. We don't yeah. know how many penalties there are going to be in the game. We don't know how many turnovers. We how don't know how many touchdowns. Passes. We don't know how many incomplete passes. So when you look at this year compared to last year, right, incomplete passes are up. Turnovers, slightly up. Out-of-bounds plays, slightly down. Okay, you look at t- team timeouts. What? How many team timeouts do you think, on average, are taken during a game? On average. And this is an interesting stat. Team timeouts. Per team, four and a half. I'd guess. say five. I mean, they're going to use most of them, I would, I would imagine. So so when you have, and, and looking at the numbers, it's it's oh, usually, it's probably right around five per game. And, but you have, you have full timeouts. And Your you price have, is right at me there. And you have, and you have 5.1. The, and, <laughs> and there's 30 second timeouts. But team timeouts, that's important. And the other thing that we haven't mentioned, right, what else What else stops the game clock in a game? Things that we haven't mentioned. Think about watching a game, something happens, clock stops. Injuries. Injuries. Exactly. So, and that's something you can't control. Yeah. Right? You can't control the number of injuries. And so, Well, they try with the penalties of people Oh, that's a penalty of guy got hit guy too got hard. Got hit too hard. Yes, yes. <laughs> Shout out to oh, Dean's brother. My brother. Yeah. Oh, they flagged him. You know that penalty they call when the guy got hit too hard. So these are all things that the league looks at in terms of timeouts, clock stoppages, and again, it's it's all a formula. And what you want is you want you, you want 155 plays per game. That's that's a good number between 155 and 156 plays per game. Passing yards is important. Okay? Passing yards is another number. You need a healthy passing game because people don't want to watch three, you know, 3 yards of cloud of dust. They want you need a healthy passing game. Penalties are important to the game. They make sure the game is played fairly and safely. And then points are important. So, interesting in terms of of where we are with the statistics. I'm just going to throw this out there as yeah. a guy who did not work for the NFL. I call BS on that they want the 
game time to be shorter because longer games, more sponsorships, more revenue. It's a business. But I know we've already argued this. Well, offline. Even though we've seen those those numbers of game no, game time go down, it's like you see in game ads now. So well, that's the thing. It doesn't. So it they'll doesn't, add. They'll find a way. There, to put there's ads there's in. all those TV deals, the network deals. There's there's a limited number of breaks that you can take during the game, right? And and those breaks are timed. And so it's up to the network to fill those breaks and with advertisers and all of that. But the league does want when you look at how people how do people watch in in nineteen in nineteen eighty five, how were people how were the majority of people watching NFL games? On TV, TV at home. On their TV at home. Yeah. Right? In two thousand nineteen, how many people are sitting at home watching games compared to nineteen eighty five? More or less. I'd- I would think similar. No, less, less is the answer. Because well, I mean, you have other Why? ways you can watch. Because they're watching on the internet. Watch they're watching. On the but you're at bars in yeah, eighty five. You're still, but you're watching. You're watching Red Zone. You're watching on your your smartphone. Yeah. You're watching on your. You have access your, to more games. You have access to more games. I remember growing up. I was. I grew up in New York. I watched the Jets and the Giants. Yeah, those are the two games that were on. And then if I was lucky enough to stay up, I watched Monday Night Football. That was it. Now you can go on Red Zone. You can see all the scoring plays. I can go on NFL Game Pass. I can watch any game, any market, anywhere. And so people are watching differently than they were. And they're also the attention span. There's so much more out there. Yeah. There's so much more content out there. And the attention span is not as great. And so, you, again, you we're all going to watch a 50 50- you know, the the Rams cheese from last year. Everybody's going to watch if it's three and a half hours. They don't care, right? How many of those college games do we sit there in the studio and it's like, Jesus, when is this oh, game going to end? It's sick. It's Oklahoma's beaten somebody 67 to 12. I'd love to three- see what the average margin of victory in college is. I feel like there's so many blowouts. Well, way, way bigger. Way the the more, margin way of victory in, in, yeah. in college is bigger. But again, you have... I think I think you have the non-conference games, you have conference games. It's all it's a little bit different, but again, it's just interesting. And and just shifting gears before we could go down that rabbit hole all <laughs> night, but um, it was interesting. I did we we had looked at a play, and this kind of brought up the next topic. We had the play. When was it? It was the Saints. It was last week, right? The fake. Punt. Yes, yes, it was the fake punt last week. Fake punt. The Saints ran a fake punt. The Niners Saints game. They were in a fake punt. No, it was actually two weeks ago because the because the Saints played Monday night. Breeze broke all the records. Yeah. So it was two weeks ago, 49ers. They all um, run together. Saints. They ran a fake punt, potential pass interference, but it was on the widest man in the formation, can't have pass interference. The Saints wanted holding. So Sean Sean Payton, I was texting with him after the game, and and he was, you know, he was saying, you know, I, I told him, look, hey, it's hard because it probably was holding, but it's hard for that official to transition from punt to pass, and you're going to look at it differently. You're looking at that play differently if it's a if it's a corner blocking a gunner versus a corner covering a receiver. And he made the comment. He said, "I wish I would have given it to the officials before the game because then they would." And that's a great comment for him to make because. Whenever you're going to run something like that, you always want to make sure that the officials know because they're prepared for it. They're mm-hmm. prepared for the potential because if that official had been prepared for that and known that they could possibly run a fake, sure. then in 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 their mind, they're going to quickly transition from punt to, to pass, pass and more likely to throw the flag for holding. 
I think we got on that topic when we had those two um, linemen report eligible for the Bills on Saturday night. Yeah. Because I was like, if you're a coach, do you right? tell the referees before the game, like, hey, we're going to run something here. It's going to be a little bit wacky, but just want you guys to be informed that this is going to happen. 100%. And that's what most teams will do that. They'll let, because the last thing you want is to have a, a team try something different and have it be legal, but it catches the officials off guard and they flag it for, you know, they, they just illegal get, formation. They, or off, they get caught off guard. So, so if you're going to run like that's not you know having eligible ineligible players report as eligible is not necessarily a trick play. Um, that was one where they had 73 on the end of the line. He reported 71 was on the other end of the line. He did report, and then they they basically ran a, a tackle eligible. 73 caught a touchdown pass. So that that's more you know that's just procedure. You have to make sure your report. You go to the referee. The referee makes the announcement. They point it out to the defense. But if you're going to run something, a trick play, a fake, you always want to make sure you know coaches would call me. You know I remember I had special teams coaches um, call me all the time, and I I I had the I had the league after my first season. I had them put. I asked they could put a whiteboard in my office on the wall. Because I had to diagram stuff because coaches would would talk to me on the phone and I would diagram it while I was talking to them. So it would give me a better understanding of what they were actually trying to do. So I had a whiteboard on my wall and I would talk to the special teams coach from the Colts or the Chiefs. And I would say, OK, what do you got? And he would walk me through what he was doing. I would draw it up and then I'd have a better understanding. And I would say, yeah, you know what? That's legal. Or you know what? You got to do this. This is illegal the way you're explaining it to me. But if you do this, if you move this guy up on the line then it would be legal. And then those, those are great. Those are fun conversations to have. And uh, because the, the special teams coaches, especially they're very creative and they, they do spend a lot of time just trying, you know, we saw, um, we saw a great trick, a great fake punt play today. What game was it? And they dropped the pass. I think it was, it was the New Saints. Orleans. It was the yeah. Saints. Yep. And, You've and been loving this guy. Darren Rizzi's one of the best special teams coaches in the in the league. He has been. He was with Miami for a long time. And they ran a great fake, a great fake, and the kid just dropped it. And it would have been a first down. And uh, and so those are the types of things that you want to be prepared for because as an official, you don't want to make a, you know, you don't want to flag something because you're just caught off guard. Can he go up to him just before the play? Hey, just a heads up, or is that typically probably, you don't want to tip? Then you don't want to tip, tip your off. Hand, yeah. You don't want to tip yeah. off the the other team too, because the more, um, you know, and I think it was it was Urban Meyer. It was it was Coach Urban who's with us at Fox, you know, on the CFB broadcasts. Um, that he said that he would have a guy on his staff watch the other team's head coach, and if they knew, they knew if that head coach was involved in special teams or not. And if that head coach was typically not involved in special teams and that head coach for some reason before kickoff was in the huddle, that was a tip off that, wait a minute, they, they might, might be have, they might have something here. So that's the type of thing that, that that's next level stuff. And that's coach Meyer. So you don't want to, you don't want to tip off the other team, but you do want to make sure whether it's during the week and you let the head of officiating know or before the game, Two officials from each crew, from the crew, go to each locker room before the game, 90 minutes before kickoff, and they talk to the head coach, and they ask him if you have anything. You got anything for us? You got any questions? You got any trick plays? Then they'll come back. The crew, the, the, the two guys or two, two officials will come back to the locker room, and they'll go through it. And they actually, 
they'll make everyone, because there's a locker room attendant, there may be other people in that locker room, when they go through what the teams have given them, they make everybody leave the locker room who's not a, who's not a game official. Wow. And they go through it. Because they don't want somebody, a locker room attendant, going, hey, guess what? You know, you go blah, tell blah, blah, somebody blah. else, yeah. And, uh, but it's really interesting. You know, we talk about that. What happens during the uh, during the week? What do officials do during the week? Um, you know, they're not. Everybody says, "Well, they should be full time." They are. Mm-hmm. For all intents and purposes, they are. They they don't just show up on Sunday, work the game, and leave. They work their game. They're in their they're in the league city the day before. They have a pregame meeting that lasts most of the day. They go through. They go through a scouting report on each team. They look at tape on each team. They look at offense, defense, special teams. They go through what they like to do in different situations. Here's what they like to do in, in, in short yardage situations. Here's what they like to do in goal line. Here's what they do on special teams. They go through all of that, right? They'll watch a video that the league puts together. They'll go through what they have to go through for their upcoming game. They work the game. They go immediately. They leave the game with with the TV copy of the game on a little thumb drive. Okay. So they're watching that game on the way home on the plane ride home. They're watching the game. They're making notes. They get the coach's copy, which is the sideline and end zone. They get that on Monday. Now they're breaking down the film. Most crews will have a conference call on Tuesday, going through their game. They do an evaluation of their entire game. So on Tuesday, they have that call. That call could take hours. On Wednesday, they get a report from the league office. The league office goes through the game, evaluates every play of every game, gives them a a report. That's where their grades are. Those grades accumulate throughout the season. Those grades matter. That's how you get postseason assignments. That's how you keep your job or lose your job. That's on Wednesday. Thursday, the tapes come out from the league. There's a training tape. There's position tapes, umpire, referee, line of scrimmage, downfield. They have all those videos. They're going through those. There's communication throughout the week. On Friday, typically a slow day. Friday is a slow day in the NFL for the mm-hmm. most part. Saturday is a travel day. They get to the state, they get to the city, they have the pregame, it starts all over again. They may work, they may work Thursday, Thursday night. So now they gotta leave Wednesday. And so they are as full time, I guarantee you, officials, game officials, NFL game officials spend more time at their craft than a lot of people do that only have one job. I'm telling you. That's, that's it's also fascinating in like how much then is the head of officiating does that person have with the crews? Do they only come to them af, if they have questions or or in your role, how much did you talk with them throughout the week? Well you 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 will, if you have a specific issue that mm-hmm. you need, I, I might've, you know, I would talk to a referee right after a game if yeah. there was a specific issue. Um, you don't like, it's impossible to talk to every official. Um, even 17 referees, your week is very busy as the head of officials. Your, your Monday and Tuesday is spent talking to coaches and dealing mm-hmm. with club issues. But if there's something significant, you'll talk to that referee or that specific official right after the game. If there's something you need to go through that that is less time sensitive, you'll do it during the week. Every crew gets that 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 training tape. They all get their evaluation report. The evaluation report is is there. We would tell our supervisors who are doing that every opportunity you get to teach, teach. I don't care if there's nothing happened on that play. If you see somebody in good position, bad position, if they have good mechanics, bad mechanics, anything that they can improve upon. Any opportunity to teach, teach. That's what we want to do. And it's an exhaustive 
process. We would spend all day Wednesday looking at every call from every game, and we'd look at all the pass interferences in a row so you can compare and contrast so you can be consistent. So you could say, rather than look at the game and say, okay, we're going to look at all the calls from the Chiefs-Bears game, and you might look at a hold and then an illegal formation. We look at, put them all together. I want to look at all the offensive holding, back to back to back to back, so we can compare. Hey, remember that one we looked at in the Chiefs game? That was similar to this one. We have to make sure that we evaluate it the same way so the officials get a consistent message. And you'd go through that. There's 300 to 400 plays a week that you're looking at to give feedback to the officials and make sure that they're they're on the same page. That messaging from the league office is so critical. And then the officials, that's how you coach them up. Then the officials have to go out and execute. And it is it is hard. You watch plays. We watch it all the time. You see a spot, and you watch it one time, boom, and you go, wow, he looks like he made it. And the official rules him short, and you see the replay, and he's six inches short. And you go, how'd he make it? How'd he do that? Yeah, it's crazy. I know. They do do a, few, I, a good job every now and again. Yeah, every now <laughs> I think and again. they do a great job. And I'm I'm always so surprised how quickly you can see it on TV. And I've it's changed the way I watch football as a football fan and in I know Joe, he's the same way. We'll, we'll look at these things and go, he's down. I, and and, and we, we try to do our oh. best to not put an opinion on it when we're in the studio because we just want to know what the fact is, what was the call on the field. But the, the way we can just see it now, just learning from you, it's amazing. Do you know how happy, I know, I'm not, you guys know, I'm not, a, for the listeners, I'm not a touchy-feely guy. I don't give a lot of, I'm like, I'm like do your job. You're supposed <laughs> to do your job. But do you know how much happiness it brings me when I hear one of you guys like, like I don't give Joe a lot of credit, but he'll point out like he'll point out a foul and they'll say yeah. that looks like a block in the back. I'm 42, and that's what it is, and that makes me so happy when you guys because I've been looking at the game that way since 1994. Yeah, so I've been doing I, it for three I, years. I better now. be good at it. Yeah, or I should quit. And a lot of people will say, "Oh, quit." But anyway, <laughs> so but when that makes me so happier when you when you reference a rule or it does, and and to see your the growth that you guys have made is it really makes it it makes it all worthwhile it's fun it's fun you definitely we definitely see the game a little differently so all right well when we come back we're going to talk about some stuff that happened in the queue brain of blandino and uh and we're going to talk about travis's fashion tips from wyoming from the y-o next on good call There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. 
Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, we're back on Good Calls. And as always, we spend a lot of time in the cube at Fox Sports at the studio. Had a nice moment on Sunday with Michael Strain. I felt like that was, he and I have, have really, I feel like we started a bond. He, he came in early in the morning and he just wished us like a good morning, like wished us a good day. It, he usually comes in there trying to make some point that he's better than than you, Dean. And he's always saying how, oh, you got to take care of these guys. I come in here bringing these cookies, which he does. He brings in a cookie, a tray of cookies. I don't know if he pays for them or where they come from, they, but he I brings watched, them in. They come from his assistant, obviously. Yeah. He's not driving down the, well, no, to the I know bakery. He's not making them. So. I know he's not but picking them up, nice but he, he brings them in. He thinks of nice us, so that's nice. Cookies. But today he came in and... And he extended the olive branch, as he said. And he, he did just, extend it was just, the olive branch. It was nice. I got just a little, so friendly. I got a little kind of. It was touching. No, he's a pretty cool dude. Actually, he, no, he's great. He's a good dude. Um. All right, but so we saw there was somebody on the. We still don't know who that was. There was somebody on the, the Seattle on the sideline on in the Seattle game in Seattle, and I don't know if he, he's an entertainer. I don't know what, but he had he had like a a fanny look like a fanny pack. A fanny pack. And one of the guys in the in the over cube, one shoulder, over wearing one it, shoulder, oh, that, one, that is the and, worst look. Well, and but Phil <laughs> said it was that was a gator. It was gator skin. Yeah, one of the guys joked, "Oh, that's gator. Your, skin. That's gator skin." And <laughs> and so I asked Travis. I said, "Travis, um, and I'll ask you now." Okay, if there was, if that was like a thing in Wyoming, Wyo in in the Wyo, yeah, W Y O, baby, yeah, in the Wyo. If that was a thing in Wyoming, then all of a sudden they're like, oh, the fanny pack. It's, yo, this is a big thing. We want to all wear them. What animal skin would be like the best? Which one? Like, what would be the easiest? The and easiest then, gets deer. Okay, but that's not sexy. Like, no, deer's no, no, kind of no. like one of the male. So like, I think you see a lot of like elk bags. Really? Elk leather. And you probably see a lot of bear skin if you can get a bear skin bag. And is that, that would be like a thing in Wyoming? Like, maybe. Oh, you got the. You, I'm, you got the new elks. You got the elk, got that pack. New elk pack. What would we call it? J 
Joe. You're the fashion guy. Yeah. Joe comes in Joe's with like the a fashion guy. Joe wears like I'm a I'm the pair. fashion guy. I got yeah. made fun of for a day because you of my pants. You go boss pants. because you take risks with your fashion. Joe's worried. None of, Joe's I, none worried. of us take risks. Joe's worried because he's he's gone. He wears he wears tight, tight pants. He's worried. And, <laughs> and he's worried because what seems to be on trend now and what's hitting the runways, and we know this because Scott, who we work with, was at like a Nike, like a sneaker thing. And all these like cool hip people were wearing baggy pants. And then we, he, Scott said the runways this fall, it was all baggy pants. And Joe is very upset because he has invested in a lot of tight pants. Fitting, fitting pants. What are you going to do, Joe? I'm going to stick with the, I, I have big legs, Dean. I do squats. He's got to show off his thunder thighs. <sighs> That's how it works. <laughs> All right, so and big pants are sloppy, in my opinion. So I'll stay with the nice. Speaking of tight pants, we the other thing I want to. Travis made. Travis has deemed Joe our 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 douchiest friend, <laughs> and you he's the. But he said that you're our douche. You're our douche. Oh, you're, um, yes, you're you're of all the people that we hang out with, you're the douchiest, but you're our douche. So you're a lovable douche. I feel honored. So we that Joe I can be wanted, douchey like, and still Joe, be friends why, with you guys. So Travis, how do you how do we come? How do we know what our douche tendencies? How do you know someone's a douche? You, so we what, have to have a douche test. The douche test. Yeah. So what? So what are? So let's come up with some questions for the douche test. Let's ask Joe and let's see if we can write. So Joe, Joe's I mean, always you, talking about how people are douches, and and then I just said flat out, it's like Joe, I'm gonna have to break it to you. Like you're you're the douchiest guy I know. <laughs> not not even the douchiest in the group. The douchiest guy I know. Are we gonna have to label this episode explicit because yes. we're using the word yes, douche? We definitely are have to label <laughs> it's this. It's not explicit. like a bad whatever. Okay. So anyway. So we want, can we say the D? Yeah, we've said it enough. D so bag. We're, we're go. We should have went D bag. Whatever. Okay. So so you're the you're the douchiest person <laughs> that Travis knows. Okay. Now, but that's not because he doesn't run in douchey circles. So I so don't get out much at not, all. It's not. It's not that bad. Like I can. That's what I said. You're our douche. If bag. he was like, if he was like hanging out in in like nightclubs and stuff and doing, then I'd be like, damn, you're a douche. But you're like, <laughs> you're like, you know. I'm just gonna tell you that in the. In the outline here, you spelled douche wrong. So no, that I know. was me. Travis did. <laughs> I was going to say that. I'm glad you brought that up because Travis spelled it wrong. So he doesn't even, he's so undouche like. He doesn't even know, he how, doesn't to even know how to spell yeah. it. Or just bad at spelling. I'm Travis not sure which. is the least douchiest person I know. Definitely the least douchiest. The least douchiest. I don't know if I should take that as a comment or But or then he got, he got offended today. He was like, you guys don't know. He's yeah, like, you don't, you know. don't know about me back doing the, the lawnmower. Day, back in the day, <laughs> I was doing the lawnmower. I will say and that I, I was hooking up with chicks. Yeah, that's right. Before I was married. Before I was married, I was douche. I was a little douchey. Yeah. He's definitely got I, a little. I will say that I was in the restroom before we started recording and my hair is a little douchey. It's a little Oh, long. your hair was definitely. Today, I was going to say your, your hair is definitely. It's kind of Kramery. It's, it's kind of Kramery. It's Pauly D. It's not. Yeah. What, what questions are we going to come so, up with? Like, how so, do we, Joe, have right. you or have, do you currently or have you ever owned an Ed Hardy t-shirt. Negative. I, I haven't either. I think, no, you, we know, you, we know you're not, we know you're going to answer no to these questions. Okay. Have you, do you currently or own, or have you ever owned a tap out t-shirt? I have not. I have, did own a Cobb 28 shirt though. Chuck Liddell was, I was a big fan of his. Well, we, we love Chuck. Um, have you ever worn or owned a pair of true religion jeans? I have not. Diesel for life. You, 
Okay. Well, okay. That was going to be my next question. <laughs> so, okay. Have you ever owned or currently own or worn a Von Dutch hat, shirt, anything okay, Here's Von the thing Dutch. about you're going back years and I want like, I was very broke in the days that that stuff was cool. I, I couldn't afford that stuff. So no, I didn't own a Von Dutch But if Dutch you hat. could have afforded it. Oh, absolutely. I would have worn the shit out of it. What was, there was another one though. Do There's you own one. a, or have you owned a pink polo? I've owned plenty of have pink Have you ever polos. popped the collar? I don't pop collars, but I I'm love pink and lavender. You guys have seen me in both colors. And white. I like white shirts. I wore a white shirt yesterday to the studio. I don't think that's douchey. I think like a white sweater, which I'm actually wearing right, you are right wearing. now. That's not, no. <laughs> no. All right. Good. It's it's not douchey. It's just like not, you don't see a lot of dudes wearing white sweaters, knitted. No, you're right. You're right. Um. All right, Joe, you're still, you're, you're pretty douchey. But anyway. You got a little bit of douche in you too. I have a little bit. Right? Sure. So, oh, completely. So I was a Guido. You're fashion forward. You're you're definitely there. I was a Guido that. for many years. So I saw you kind of give the lady, one of the girls at the studio, a little bit of heat because she touched your hair one time. Oh. That's douchey. No, I didn't give her heat. You, well, you waited till she left. No, I, didn't, like, I would I never do that. I would never do that. To, I would never do that to anybody. No, that's but true. I was, but you were upset. I was that upset. She touched her hair. I was upset. She touched my hair. Yeah, yeah. he's got to go on camera. He's got to look but, good. It's douchey. No, but I would never do that to the person. I understand that, but you were upset about someone touching your hair. That's douchey. I am. I I've said this before. I not 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 and knock on wood, but not an illness that would kill me. But I deal with like a a lifetime thing like some kind of affliction over being bald i just would i'd like if i've like had like a club foot over being 100 percent. like something. sorry to tell you but they're just uh what is it for hymns we should get them as a sponsor for hymns well we're trying murray's <laughs> murray's and for hymns but I think yeah. is what it is. well the hair again when you grow up in long island and you grow up as you know with Guido tendencies, hair is very important. All right, so you're you're borderline douchey too. I'm not. So welcome to the club. Anybody wow. that knows me. Knows Trying to be something you're not, that to me is douchey. That's oh, I think that's there the it definition. Is. There it that's is. That's the definition. That that is the most Travis thing that I've heard all day. <laughs> SWG. SWG. Today's podcast Just with SWG. Be yourself, guys. Guys. Believe in yourself. If you want to rollerblade and wear cutoff denim shorts, go for it, man. If that's your thing. Come on. Let's get our skateboards and go. All right, Brandon Blandino. All right, Brandon Blandino. Let's do this. Hold on, I got Let's one. Let's do it. The Brandon Blandino. Right, here we go. Oh, this, this, is a, <laughs> this is a good one. How long after movies were invented was the first porn? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is what you think of on a Wednesday afternoon. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I was thinking about this. I was like, so the first motion picture, I don't know. We'd have to Google it. When the first motion picture, what were the first motion pictures? Like those black, the Charlie Chaplin type like films? Like in the early 1900s? No audio, even, just song. Just, yeah. Just like So, so that happens. And they're like, they're like, this is amazing. Like everybody's like, they're sitting there. They're like, they're in the room. We've created moving pictures. Mo- pictures we're gonna are have, moving. We're going to have movies. <laughs> We're we're in movies. Everybody's around there. They're at they're at 20th Century Fox or MGM Grant, and they're sitting there going, "This is this is going to change the world. We're going to be so rich. This is going to be unbelievable." And then and then there's one guy in the room going, "Hey guys, I got an idea. I got an idea. <laughs> <laughs> how long did that take? How long did that happen? 
over <laughs> under 30 minutes. How long before the, the, the before idea that first for movie was out. over, they were already thinking about it, guaranteed. Right? Something like, hey, um, do you think we could maybe... Do you think, yeah. right? You know all those struggling actors and actresses that have been <laughs> begging us, like knocking on our door, like pounding on the door, trying to get in these movies? We have movies for them now. <laughs> I, I, honestly, like, no joke. It had to, like, I even think they came up with the idea for moving pictures with porn with in mind. Porn in mind yeah. And then they went, you know what? We could probably do some other things How too. How can we get to that? I feel like we could probably get the answer to this question. I got a work computer. I'm not Googling that. Oh, Travis. Travis. Company man. SWG. Company man. You asked him to Google something. Oh, no, no, no. I can't do that. I can't do that. Can you put it on your phone? It's just the P word. No, I can't do that. Just get off the company Wi-Fi. I can't. Sorry. He said that. He says that once a week. Yes. Get off the company Wi-Fi. Because Fox, because the executives of Fox are monitoring what Travis Hansen does. Like, Travis, we love you, but you're not that important. I just don't want to. Draw any attention to myself. S W S W G. All right. On that note, stay on the spot. Let us know. Tweet, tweet me if you know when porn was invented in relation <laughs> to the first movie. That's good calls. This has been good calls with Dean Blandino. Please follow me on Twitter at Dean Blandino and Instagram at Dean Blandino. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Rules Podcast, and be sure to rate our podcast on the iHeart Radio app and on Apple Podcasts. Good Calls with Dean Blandino is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.